Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 17. Today we're going to help everybody out there who feels like net deck scum change their reputation. But before we do that, hit our theme song. Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, what is going down? Not a whole lot is going down this time, but I'm assuming things will pick up in the next few minutes here. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I'm also feeling a little down. I went to a wedding last night. I'm feeling more hungover as we go along. Uh, I feel like I did like 10 hours worth of yard work in the 95 degree heat yesterday, uh, which is what I did. The truth. But then I went to drag races right beside my house. Nice. Yep. How did they go? Drank a bunch of beer. Beer was good. The Last Pass Saloon. <laughs> That's what they call their beer garden. It's a strange name. It's most excellent there. Uh, going. Oh, I didn't ask you before the show too. I actually forgot. Um, what are you doing today? Do you got plans? I do. Damn it! I do. I know. I know. Urgh. No barbecue for us after the cookout. Urgh. How about the farmers market? We can go there. Uh, I got to pick my wife up from there. Terry, gonna miss the farmers market. <laughs> that's from that's from a TV show. I don't know what that means. It's a good show. Brooklyn Nine Nine. What up? Okay, um, what's what are we doing today? What is going down? Well, should we start with the uh, some house cleaning, or should we just get right into what we're going to talk about today? I think it's a we very need exciting to clean show, house. and you're good at it, so you do it. Okay, so if you want to connect with the show, we are CCO Podcast on Twitter. If the, the uh, 140 characters does it for you, we're also CCO Podcast on TappedOut.net. If you want to look at any of the deck lists that we talk about ever, they're all going to be there. There's even a few that we haven't talked about yet that we'll get to in the future. They're also very cool. Uh, we're Commander Cookout. At gmail.com if you want to send us a question, a comment, tell us to F ourselves, whatever you want to do. That's how you get a hold of us there. We're also Commander Cookout on the Google machine, on Google Play, and iTunes, which are all places you can listen to us. Or directly on, where do we have our podcast hosted? Podomatic, because we're really high in the standings now. The more people that follow us there, the better we're going to do. Yeah, number seven now. Oh, baby. Working it up. And I think from like 10 to 1, it's like the top 10 in games and hobbies is exponentially harder to get to because it's like we're we were 10 then we were eight now we're seven and it's like number one is so far out of reach (laughs) well nothing is out of reach for us we are commander cookout podcast we thought the top 10 was out of reach and look at us now including i just got a text from rebecca butter pecan cheesecake from the farmer's market wow let that sink in that's good stuff i want it i'm allergic to pecans Mm -hmm. yeah Life sucks. Yeah, it does suck for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I guess big shout out to our host website at Commander Society. They take really good care of us. There's lots of stuff there that we can check out. It yep. is Commander Society. Of course yep. it is. Yep. We like them. Yep. Look at them on Facebook too. That's, I think, where they are most active. Yep. Very interactive. And they do this thing. They uh, they post a pack one, pick one. It's a graphic. And then you comment on which card you would take first in an EDH cube. Um, I always take Yogmoth's Will. If it's, if it's in the picture, I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> Yogmoth's Will. Get your Yogmoth Will, kids. It's a good card. Uh, they're like 30 bucks now, though. Oh. Regardless, not what we're talking about. Not at all. Might fall into what we're talking about because it's kind of a scummy card. Yes. <laughs> if your reputation is to be scummy. Yes, it is. And there are people whose reputation is to be scummy. Also, we got a bunch of emails that we should probably address. Oh, yeah. Um, before we get too far into things, before things get out of hand. Yeah, we had a listener question about Ural, the Fist Stalker deck that we did. Why no enchantment removal in Ural? So those are your pacifisms or pacifismo. If you were Spanish and Oblivion, 
Oblivion Ring. Ring or Oblivion Ring like effects, I'm assuming. Is yeah, what, is exactly. What they because they're enchantments. You would draw cards off of your enchantry. And if you were replenishing or opening the vaults, open the vaultsing, yep. you would get those back as well as free removal the second time around. Why don't you use them? Um, I don't use them because I personally super hate Oblivion Ringing generals. And I also hate removal. Just that, hold on. Let's talk about that because Oblivion Ringing Generals is terrible because... Because they just go to the command zone and they play them again. And, and then you're your Oblivion there. Ring pretty much did nothing. Yeah, it didn't it, do it anything. It removed them once. Yeah, so, but I mean, you can, if you're getting in for a swing, that's good. But if you're not winning the game right there... Yeah, you can pay one good. and do that at instant speed. You, you don't need to... Sure, you don't draw a card off it, but it costs three. And it's at sorcery speed. You might as well just path them is or Is saving two them. mana at sorcery speed worth drawing a card in some cases but sometimes you just got to get rid of their guy sometimes got, their guys you just got to die you just got better stuff you want to play and i don't like to to waste slots on removal it's temporary and if you get something that isn't their general and then they pop your o-ring it just comes back and you haven't gotten rid of anything you've netted zero mm. you have lost a card and slowed them down for a little while it it's, sounds like you don't play o-ring in anything i play o-ring in lin civi uh isn't there a a, a rebel lin civi Yep, I play uh, that. Play uh, that too. There's a rebel, a rebel pacifism. That, yep. right? That uh, bound in silence. Yes, yes, we talked about that episode six, seven, eight. Sure. Yep, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, but that's why I don't play them in in URL. I just stuck with the spot removal, instant speed, kill that thing, get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. Other listener comment from a one Chad Tompkins. <laughs> Hi, Chad. Appalled. Appalled with what? That we did a mail episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of thought and sort of said the same thing. Yeah. But, uh, Chad, now that it's at least one episode after that, yep. um, hopefully you saw that we did our own takes on Mill and it wasn't that bad for you. <laughs> yes, I hope that it wasn't too rough on you. Yeah. Because those decks were pretty awesome. And he shot me a deck list. We're going to look at that and, and consider it for future episodes. Maybe we'll do like an arc, an episode arc where we... Just do listener submitted decks. Ooh. Ooh, the arc of the listener. I would like that too. That would be yeah. fun. Which which I guess leads right into our next arc coming up next week. Yep. We're not going to talk about it too much now. We're saving it for the end of the episode. This is just your little bit of a teaser. But we had both brewed decks for the first two episodes, and spicy. Yeah, it'll, it'll be good. It's yep. going to be a good time to to listen in. Yep. And the last thing we want to talk about is friend of the show Joel. F you Joel. F you all day. Had a comment about sandbagging cards in EDH. Tell me about that because he was talking to you about it. He was talking to me, but he was appalled. He was. He told me he was actually as yelling. As Chad Tompkins? More so. Really? He said he was actually yelling at his device that he was listening to us on because we were talking about sandbagging cards when you're playing control or sandbagging cards in aggro. And you should never sandbag cards under any circumstances in EDH because that land that's in your hand is better served on the battlefield, even if it's the only card in your hand and you're playing a control deck. And I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him. I don't know if you agree with him. Um, but I don't think that I do. I don't think that I agree because that land in your hand, if it's the only card in your hand, could represent something else in your opponent's eye, in your opponent's yeah. mind's eye. Yeah. Right? It's it could the, be something else. It's the game outside the game. What's If you have no cards in your hand and 18 untapped land... They know you ain't got no counter spell. Yeah. You ain't got no that's tricks. A, that's the thing. But if you have a card in your hand, it might be a trick. Might be a trick. Yeah. As and long if, as you're not land hosed. If but, you have a reputation as somebody who 
has the removal, or if you have the reputation of somebody who always bluffs, that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, got it. Good segue. I love that kind of stuff. So, F you, Joel. All day. I I think that it's correct. I agree. And change your reputation. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, what are we talking about on the show today, Ryan? Changing your reputation. Yep. Reputations and at the table. Reputations at the table specifically. And when you have the opportunity to change it, because technically you can change how you're viewed or your reputation in your build process, right? Yeah. If you are the person, if your reputation always is to play aggro or be that snobby D-bag control player that mm-hmm. thinks he's better at magic than everybody because he plays blue. Yeah. You can change that by just playing a different deck. And my question is to to Brando and to the listeners is if that's one of your goals in changing your reputation or just broadening your horizons to being a more well-rounded player as as opposed to just changing how you play, how extreme do you go? Because I'm thinking in my head, if you're always the guy that plays aggro, 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 smash face, attack, 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 and you want to change to somebody who maybe wants to play combo or control, how extreme of a control deck do you play? Do you go all the way to mono blue 25 counterspell dot deck? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, or do you just start slotting in some um, more wraths or more removal spells into your aggro deck for the purposes of controlling the board as opposed to just eliminating blockers so you can smash in? Right. How extreme do you go? Me personally? Sure. I go nowhere because my reputation is fucking awesome. Because everybody's <laughs> afraid of me and everybody leaves me alone all the time. That's not true. I have the best reputation ever. It's sterling. Unblemished. Everybody loves me all the time. Brando's got the best reputation for being a bullshitter. I sure do. <laughs> all the time. So but before we talk about any anything like that where it's actually bluffing or, or BSing at the table, what do you think about moving from moving playstyles essentially, moving from combo to aggro or moving from control to Voltron or something like that? I think it becomes a little bit more than just playing another deck. Because I think your reputation isn't necessarily based entirely on the types of decks you play, although in some cases it is, and we'll get into that later on. Yeah. But I feel like but let's pretend that that yeah. isn't a thing and your reputation is solely based on what kind of archetypes you play. Then I think the key would be to just slowly move over. Because if you just built 900 counterspell dot deck, now you look like a tryhard. You know what I mean? Mm. You're just doing it to say, see, I can play control too. I'm not just oh, aggro yeah, beat face. I, I hate when somebody would, yeah, would suck if somebody did that. So to prove like... You just you take some you take Cranko, you put some controly stuff into Cranko, you know, you got your blasphemous act, your chain reaction, you start there to show that you're working on it and blasphemous, then the next blasphemous act and chain reaction both being mass removal yep, spells. Big sweepers. Not yep. very good in Cranko, but I'm just using it as an example. Yep. But you slowly evolve your decks that you're playing into having a more controly aspect to it to show like, hey, I can do control too. I'm more than just a one-trick pony. I would never just jump all the way into the deep end of the other side of the pool because I feel like people would just look at you and be like, where'd you get that, the internet? Oh, that would be the worst thing for somebody to say. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of how I view that, is okay. the archetypal you, you change. You would like to see the the change be a little bit more organic. Exactly. Like the, um, Almost like you're 
adding in for experimentation, like almost like you're tuning a deck, but you're tu- tuning it away from its originally intended purpose. Exactly. Like I've got my Anafenza deck that I built. This is an example. Uh, That's just with the, me. Um, let me think. That is the one that you stole from Turbo Traxa. Yep. Turbo Fog Anafenza. Turbo Fog Anafenza. Yep, with a right. token thing and a zombie tribal thing. It's got so many things going on in it that it's mm-hmm. like, uh, but every Sounds time, terrible. every time I play it, I learn something new and I tune it a little bit. So every time I play it, the deck is different. So every time somebody sees it, you can see that it's slowly becoming more streamlined. It's more built like an actual EDH deck and not just a pile of garbage that I kind of threw together to see if it works, <laughs> which is what it actually is. Yeah. And it's slowly becoming something a little better. My Serac Dragon Claw that we talked about way back, way back oh, when. Oh, we should revisit that. Yeah, like I did, I think 12 or 13 or 14 cards changed out of that one. So it's a, it's a different deck now. And it plays a lot different. If you can check it out, tappedout.net, I actually have change notes for all oh, the yeah, cards that I've changed. Oh, yeah, you've got updated on there. Yep. Uh, I think that was episode three. That's a long time ago. I know. Wow, like, that's a long time. It's like 14 weeks ago. Yeah. In the winter. Wow. It's summer now, and it's hot. It's beautiful. We're in the middle of a heat wave. Actual heat wave. It's been 30 degrees or more for the last six days. For our American listeners, um, 30 degrees is roughly 88 88. Which doesn't sound that hot, but it was 95 a couple days ago. Yeah. And that's, for our Canadian listeners, that's like 34 or 5. Yeah. It's very hot. Um, nice and toasty. I like, I it, like it a lot. It, I like it that warm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my garden's the, growing. He like, oh, they like it. Oh, my garden is crushing it. The yeah. only time that I don't like it when it's that hot is when I'm working directly behind my house and garage, and my house is like charcoal gray, uh. and it's like 700 degrees, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I was all day yesterday. Uh, yeah. The worst. Yeah. The worst. So lots of sunscreen, lots of water, and then a couple beer at the end of the day, and I was done. <laughs> Toast, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. Organic changes to your archetype. Um, to the type of decks that you play. Yeah. To, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? For your archetype reputation. Yes. Right? Not to be confused with your regular reputation around the games table, which would be um, somebody who is very spiky. Right. Or somebody who is very cutthroat in that right. example. Or somebody who is very Timmy or Johnny. If you remember the psychographs we talked about a couple weeks ago where the Timmy guy is the guy that wants to play the biggest, swingiest stuff, the biggest creatures. Um, if you can think of your the child in your magic playing heart, <laughs> that is the Timmy. If you can think of the uh, dirty, evil genius in your magic <laughs> playing heart, that is the Johnny. And yep. um, if you wanted to change that, I think the strategy is the same. Just start moving towards one yeah, or and moving change. away from the other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, the tricky stuff. Yes. The, the tricky stuff. If you want to change your reputation for being somebody that everybody thinks is a D-bag or a griefer or a slow player. Yep. Let's talk about yep. that. Those are the one. Th- this is the reputation that we're going to talk about the most. This is the one where when you walk into the room and everybody's already sitting at the table and they look up and they look at you, what's the first thing that they think in their head? <laughs> That are they douchebag? Are they going like, oh sweet, like this is going to be good? I know what kind of decks are coming yeah. in now, or is it going to be like, oh my god, I wish we'd stop inviting that guy? <laughs> uh. And I, I don't, I don't think in any established playgroup that extreme is uh, what we're talking about today. 
But but it could be. It could like, be. If you have an EDH community that's greater than your play group and you show up and you find that people give you that look. If you're going to play, like if your local game store has an EDH night. Yeah, like, like when, that. when me and uh, a couple of guys used to go to one of the local game shops to play drafts and stuff, we had super bad reputations because like, oh, they're too cutthroat. They're, they show up and they try too hard and they win because we won every time. Not because we're so freaking good, but because we've been playing for a long time. And lots yeah. of the other people that played at that store didn't. Yeah. And so we developed a reputation where, oh, of course Brando won. Uh, mm. And it's like, yeah. I just wanted to play a popper event, guys. Like, and that's that's the tricky one to, to get over, to have people get over. Because in EDH, it's a little bit different. You can tune your deck down. You can tune, yep. tune the power level down. You can we'll talk about that look too. up 700 different articles and comments on things that a guy by the name of Jason Alt, content editor at edhrec.com. He can, I, I think that's his yeah. title. He talks about 75% EDH. Yeah. He's a friend of the show. He'll let us know if we said it wrong. Uh, yeah, yep. we'll, we'll, we'll say show. he's a friend of the show. Yep. Him and Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, tune for 75%. That way, if you're playing in a group that is a little bit more competitive, you can keep up. But if you do sit down with some less experienced players, yep. you're not going to steamroll them all. Right, because you don't want to do that, because that's a good way to develop that. Oh, stop inviting that guy. Yeah, and that's reputation. the tr- that's the tricky part is is nobody's going to purposely try and play bad. Yeah. Other than other than the seventy five percent rule or making fun theme decks. Exactly. And fun theme decks are fun to play against, but especially when you beat them. Yeah. When you're playing a fun theme deck, it's not like you're gonna. That's not your go to deck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like nobody's going to sit down with their Lord of the Rings theme deck nine games out of 10 and just have lots of fun with it. They're going to want to whip out their their Balthors or their Animars or their Crankos and play the games that they want to play with their good decks, their bread and their butter, because that's where you've spent your time tuning and testing and spending money. Yeah. Right. And there, I mean, there is a case where some people do, and I mean, there is a player in our play group, and I know this for a fact because we've been playing Magic together for a long, long time, and fun to him is playing all of the best stuff in whatever deck he happens to be playing. Now, everybody's like, oh, of course, but... Yeah, and, th- and, and, and of course, because there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's right? just there's something to be said about playing a deck where you can look at the, the, the commander and say, okay, it's blue-green. And you can immediately run through in your head all the cards that are going to be in the deck. And then after the game, you can look through the deck and they're all there. Yeah. And that's what he finds fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's like your typical good stuff deck. Exactly. But you have, he has now developed a reputation where whenever we're thinking, oh, who's going to play that? And you look around the table, you see what deck this guy's playing. Okay. There's, right. there's yeah. where the wrath's going to come from. Yeah, exactly. There's where the control's coming from. There's where all of the best Bernie aggressive stuff is coming from and you just you know it's there you know it's coming yeah and he also is really bad for bluffing we'll talk about that later too yeah yeah, yeah. i think um that good stuff dot deck is a very direct result of the internet it is going to edh rec and seeing what most decks play yep. it is typing in wrath of god and seeing what cards go alongside wrath of god it is going to and we haven't talked about this I think ever going to mtgsalvation.com and going to their deck list database or going to tapped out right. and seeing this is what other people are playing with that. That is net decking. Yep. Which again is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Particularly um, when you don't have a lot of time to dedicate to researching and developing a deck. Yeah. Or you're playing in a group like ours. We have a fairly high level of competition and 
deck strength yeah. in our group. So it's tough to just build something out of a box. We can do it now because we've been in our group for a long time. Yeah. But if you're some new dude that's going to come and sit at our table and play for the first time, unless you're very experienced building decks, you'll probably come up with something that'll either be underpowered, underpowered, or so incredibly douchey that we just bust out douchier stuff. Yeah, douchier stuff. Yeah, and everybody hates that game. Yeah, and you know what? I think for purposes of this discussion, it's important to say that high-powered of decks in your playgroup and cutthroat are different things. Yes. Because we all play high-powered decks. Yes, we do. But it's not like we're sitting down and nobody's talking. We're still all eating and drinking, having a good time, making fun plays, funny mm. plays that um, that you want to talk about, that yeah. we do talk about. Yeah. Because we have a podcast. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and um, that's not the same thing as being cutthroat. So if you are that cutthroat reputation holder and you do want to move away from that, like I said, 75% would be a great way to do it. If you are, I've got the word griefer down. and I hate griefers. I, I think sometimes the, the griefer reputation is developed like in an instant, but then it goes away really quickly unless you have a deck that's specifically built for just messing with the table and that is everybody knows everybody knows what a griefer is does everybody know what a griefer is what's a griefer somebody that just does something just to get a reaction out of you or somebody that does some something just because that person randomly picked you and said oh you're going to be the guy that i'm countering all your spells or removing all your stuff or it's it's somebody that doesn't do anything for the betterment or development of the game He's the guy who, after two hours of stalled-out games, as soon as anybody gets going on turn 27, because everybody's been drawing crap, they play fucking World Purge. That returns all permanents to your hand. And then you pick seven and shuffle the rest. Empty all mana pools. It is a terrible card. And you become a bastard as soon as you play it. Yep. That's what a griefer does, is they erase two hours of game just because they think it's funny. And it's not funny. And I think lumped into that, and you might not like this, but I think lumped into that is the chaos player. Yeah, I am one of those. Because the chaos player doesn't, chaos cards don't do anything, right? No. That's my pet peeve. Nah. That's just my pet peeve. We'll talk about my chaos deck in a later episode once I have it tuned back together, but it's awful. It it can be awful. I have a lot of people who rage quit, and And that's why I wouldn't have that I don't mind playing the deck, but there's just a certain few cards that, like um, uh, Warp World, and I don't mind Warp World, but uh, what's what's the other one? Uh, confusion in the Ranks. Confusion in the Ranks is the big one that gets people going. Nor in the Ranks, confu- n- Nor in the Wary, <laughs> Confusion in the Ranks. It's Nor in the Ranks. That's the combo. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. We'll go into it later. If you want to look it up now, that's cool. Yeah. But it's it's a good way to get yourself a griefer reputation. That- yeah, and I think if you're trying to fight that reputation, you move away from that. You You move to cards that are a little bit more pointed or tell people a little bit more precisely what you're trying to do. Right. If you're a griefer player, how about move to a combo deck and say, this is what I'm going to do. You have to stop yeah. this or else I'm going to win. The, the key to getting over to the griefer reputation is to not clearly do things just because it's going to make people mad. Like you're yeah. not playing living death just because you want to play living death and get your one one for one back out of your graveyard. Like, yeah. Sure, sometimes you have to play it to save yourself and all that. There's all yeah. sorts of reasons to play Living that Death card. Living Death could be like a Wrath of God yeah. if you remove graveyards from the game. But there's some times where people will just play it just because. Just because it's funny. Just because they want to get everything out. They're not benefiting. They're not losing anything. 
they just play stuff like that. Yeah. Now, the other the other griefer reputation kind of thing that happens or that happens to me that really gets me is when particularly at the start of the game or the start of game 2, somebody arbitrarily discarded and reanimated a big big. Somebody needs to get attacked now, right? right. Because I've got this this 7 7 that I reanimated. Yeah. That's the name of the game. I randomly just pick somebody. I roll a six-sided die and say, okay, one, two, three, four, five. Those are the people. Like, on one, I attack you. And then I attack you because the dice told me to. That's such a terrible way to play the game. Mm -hmm. If if you look at the board state and you have a 7-7 and somebody else has something that would make them noticeably more more better, (laughs) if somebody has a noticeably more developed board state... Hit that person because they're the person that's right behind you in the player standings. It makes mm. the most sense in game. Yeah, like there's a point where if, if you, you have a if you have a cold eyed selkie, for example, that whenever it hits you, it deals a damage. You attack the person with nothing because you draw a card. Yeah, but when you've got a giant thing, you smash the person that's threatening you. You don't pick them at random. You don't do that kind of crap. It's, when just, you, it's silly. When you make decisions that are. I would call them, it, when you're trying to make optimal gameplay decisions, nobody thinks that you're a griefer because you're doing what the game is telling you to do. Yeah. I think that's the take-home message for getting rid of that griefer yeah. reputation or the, the reputation where somebody just does something because. Yeah, I also feel like people use that dice-rolling tactic uh, to deflect hate from themselves. It's like, yeah, I have a 10-10 on turn two, but I'm attacking at random. Don't be mad at me. You have a 10-10 on turn two. Nobody's going to attack you. Or if they do, it's turn two. Big deal. You're going to take two. And if they do, it's because you have a 10-10 and it's turn two. Yeah, People are going to hate you out for that. Don't try and Play a 75% deck where you don't get 10-10s on turn two. Right. Huh? Yes. Ah. Like You should never be the guy that you're expected to get that sort of stuff. And we do play with people who... You expect that kind of stuff. Yeah, which, again, which is fine, as long as expectations and, and play group dynamic is clearly communicated, right? Yeah. Um, like when we sit down and we say, okay, real decks? Uh, no, I built this new thing I'm tuning. Okay, nobody plays real decks. Nobody's going to whip out their Animars and their Crankos. They're going to whip out their Mistform Ultimae. Mistform yeah. <laughs> Ultimuses. Yes, and the, call me the Crescent Moon. They're yeah, going to play stupid stuff. terrible stuff, stuff right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the next one I want to talk about the slow player, oh, I hate and the, the slow player. player in those big games can be just a buzzkill. And, and you know who you are because I know you listen to this, and you <laughs> you know you effing know and f you. Yes. Yes. I think to the slow player reputation, a know what every card in your deck does because you put it in there for a reason. You should never be surprised. Oh. Wait, hold on a sec. Purpose. We talked about purpose a few episodes ago, right? Put every card in your deck for a reason. Yes, that's Re- another griefer thing where you just have terrible... Oh, you're, just playing world, you're just playing World Purge because it's th- those colors. Because you own it. Yeah. I just thought this was a fun card. No! <laughs> you don't do that without a reason. Yeah. So put your cards in your decks for a reason. Have, yes. Make sure it has a purpose. Make sure that purpose is contributing to the deck's game plan. Don't just put it in there for some random reason because A, it's not going to do anything. B, it's going to help you develop that griefer rota- uh, reputation. And C, it's going to contribute to slow play because you have to say, oh, why is this in here? 
what did I need to tutor if I have this in my hand? It, it's going to lead to all these kinds of thoughts bouncing around in your head that aren't helping you play your turn, Yeah. right? That is to say, if you are a little bit slower or a little bit inexperienced, again, which is fine, yep. make decks that are a little bit easier to play. Don't don't make that 95-piece artifact combo deck. Make a Zata Hedron Grinder deck. Yeah. Make a... It's complicated, but it's straightforward yeah, enough maybe, that you can... Maybe not, Zata was a bad example. No, I think Zata is a good example because it's complicated enough where there's lots and lots of optimal decisions and you have to learn by doing it. Yeah. But it's forgiving enough where you can still play the game and be effective and be impactful, even if you're not making the optimal plays. You know what and I then like? you can learn by... You know what I like for, for people who are, are still learning how to play at a, at a good pace? Voltron decks. Because the deck is kind of telling you what to do. Yep. All right, you can listen to Ural from two weeks ago where it's like, okay, play Ural, ramp, play Ural, play pump spell, attack. And while it sounds boring, there's way more intricacies to that that are going to teach you that you have to make decisions in the correct order, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So there is some skill involved, but compared to that 95-piece artifact combo deck, <sighs> a Euro the Mist Stalker deck is going to be a lot quicker for you to play. Yep, you'll be able to pick it up and, and learn the intricacies, and it helps you learn how to play around people in your group, which is important. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily impact your reputation, though. Yep. Yeah. So back to slow players. I guess again, the key is to communicate, right? If especially if you're building something new and you do have the reputation that is any of the ones that we've already talked about, make sure you that you kind of announce that okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying something out. Sorry if it takes a long time or I'm trying this new card. I don't know how it's going to work. Just something that lets people know that you're not just being that guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You should know what everything that you're doing is doing because you've done it a bunch of times and I, it, there is a limit to how long you should be taking to make sure that you're making optimal plays if it takes you that long to make an optimal play your deck's too complicated for you it, it shouldn't take that long to decide whether to remove something or to untap something and if you're playing casually especially if it's in a group like ours and you miss a trigger we're not going to punish you for missing a trigger unless it's something that's going to blow the game wide open yeah like oh i forgot to draw my card for howling mine then just draw your card for howling mine just just draw the card. <laughs> yeah. Don't undo your whole turn, draw a card, then redo your whole turn. Yeah. Just because you're wasting our time. Yeah. I hate slow players more than anything. More than Ooh, anything. Even more thing. than griefers. I'd rather be griefed because I can call that griefer out and say, you piece of shit, stop doing that. Yeah. Whereas with a slow player, it's harder because are they making optimal game decisions? Did they have a bunch of new cards? Do they have a bunch of cards that aren't in English and they've forgotten what they do and they're trying to remember them based <laughs> I, on the picture? I have done that. I do too. Like sometimes I look at my tooth and nail because it's in Dutch or something. And it's like, what the? What the? Right. I remember what that, you know, and it's yeah. sometimes you're forgetting because yeah. you're a couple beers yeah, the, to the wind. The slow, and, the slow play one is difficult because they might not have the experience that, that you as a player have. Yeah. And, and how do you speed them up? Like how do you? Get around, how do you get around your slow play reputation without making bad decisions? Without because you're used to taking your time. Yeah, when people are pressuring you, of course you're going to be uh, making yeah. decisions quicker that might not be optimal, that might cost you the game. Right. So, um, in your well-developed play group, or even yeah. if you're playing with randos at the randos, sounds like brando, yeah. randoms at the local game store. I mean, just a friendly encouragement, right? Um, hey, are you are you done? Are you ready? Did you know, did you tap that or is it untapped? What are you doing? No. Just anything that is politely encouraging them to continue making their decisions. 
And always remember that it is different than somebody who isn't who just isn't paying attention, in which case you yeah. can call them out on that until you're blue in the face because if it's their turn and they're chatting or on their phone or looking at somebody's trade binder, no, F that. You're playing. It's your turn. Pay attention. Yeah, don't do not do trades during the game unless it's a big game and you can do it reasonably well. Don't And don't <laughs> yeah. play the control deck. Who do we? Do we have somebody that will play the control deck and then be looking at a binder and then they look up and it's three turns later? Where did oh, that did come that from? <laughs> yeah, that's hey, always no, a thing. I countered that. That's I would counter that. thing when you play those big games because naturally you just do lose attention. Yep, you lose sight of some things. Yeah. And that, that's another, but I don't have a reputation for being that person. Oh, that's one I didn't write down yep. is the guy who misses stuff. Yeah, the dude that, that misses it and then I gets... I feel like m- that ha- happens infrequently enough unless you're playing those big six and seven player yeah. games. I ha- I think I, I am a person that misses stuff and every so often I'll be like... Whoa, what? Because we also, <laughs> it, most of those times, we also had somebody that didn't announce things that when they played them. That is one that I have written down. They and just tap and put it on the table. Y- you know what? This the, this episode is taking a very negative feel to it. Yeah. But I do want to say, again, the, the sneaky reputation. Yep. That's different than the guy who bluffs all the time. We mentioned bluffing earlier in the episode. It's fine to bluff, and I love it, and I do yep. it. It's part of the game. And you got to know how to do it. I think the important part about all of these reputation changes that we're talking about is to follow through. If you don't follow through on whatever you're trying to do, then you're only perpetuating your own um, bad, let's call it, reputation. We all have bad aspects to our reputation. I'm going to try and play fast, and then you're just taking your sweet-ass time or texting or trading during your turn or, oh, no, 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 I I don't play that card, I don't play that card, and then you play Evacuation. What, What was the thing you... World Purge. World Purge. And then you play it, right? Or, no, I'm not a griefer or chaos player. Then you play Warp World, right? If yeah. you're trying to change your reputation, follow through. So when we're talking about being sneaky or bluffing, yeah. because they fall into the same category, don't be that guy who just slips his enchantment onto the table. Yeah. right? Or puts it underneath. I, you, know, you play Gauntlet of Might, yeah. but then you... Put it underneath your Sol Ring. Because they're both artifacts and, and nobody... you're keeping them on the same part of the table. Yeah, and then you look around the table to see if anybody saw it. And you count that as announcing it. And then you just play the rest of your turns, tapping all your land for two mana, playing all this big stuff until somebody notices. And like, what? How did you play that? How did you do yeah. that? Different Wait, than... You mean my forests were tapping for two green too? That would have been important to know. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's a real situation that has happened. Yeah. Duh, don't do that kind of stuff. We And again, we are taking a lot... There's a lot of negative stuff we're talking about, and it might sound like we're hating on all these people that we play magic with, but that's we not... Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we do. You guys. We do. But um, it's not meant to sound negative, but I mean, you don't want to change your reputation if you have a good one. Like if you're that that's guy that sh- if you're that guy that if shows you're the up guy, to... instead of being sneaky, you're the guy that bluffs because you play poker lots. Yeah, bluffing is totally badass, and I yeah. love doing it. And probably the most important reputation change, if you want to be the guy that always bluffs, is always be able to follow through with yeah. your bluff. Hey, don't attack me! I got one white open. I'm gonna path that if you attack me. And then they attack you, and you don't path it, and you say. Okay, well, I guess I'll let it slide this time. No, you don't have path. Yeah, you right? don't have path. That's in your it. Hand. You don't have removal. Don't attack in your hand. me. I'll path it. Swing with Terastodon, path. Like yep. that is the only acceptable line of play when you say, "Don't attack me. I'll path it." Yeah, right? don't don't name a card and then not have it. Yeah. I was playing Anafenza a little while ago, and it's like, "Don't attack me. I have Holy Day." Brandon doesn't have Holy Day. That's ridiculous. Why would Holy, you even play who Holy, plays Day? Holy Day? And then I just showed it to him. I just there it is. Yeah. I have a Holy Day. 
and you just put it back around. Yep. Get wrecked. Yeah. Attack me all you want. I have at least one fog. No, at least one fog. Yep. And then you can say it from then on out. I didn't have any other fogs. Just Holy Day. Yeah. But they didn't know that. And it's, it's how you do things. Like you can develop a reputation that's positive and fun. And it's like, oh, what's he doing? But we're talking about the ones that you probably would want to change. You don't want to be a griefer. You don't want to be the slow player. You don't want to be the snob. You don't want to be any of that stuff. I yeah. don't think. I don't think so. I think some people revel in it. I some really do. Some people do. And those are those guys that say, I only play control decks because yeah. I'm way better at magic than you. Yeah. Like we did play with one guy. Again, we're not going to name names to hurt feelings. But we did have one guy who used to get so angry when we would play high-level games because all of his decks were fun. But his decks were never fun. His decks were always so douchey and so tuned. And he thought they were fun just because they weren't super common. And They it's were like, fun because they were the things that he wanted to do. Yeah. Then when we played whatever, Wrath of God, or when we played um, Demonic Tutor, cards that are very staple the person would get mad yeah right it's like that's not fun that's ridiculous and it's just like dude relax and you, you don't want to be that the guy that gets all wound up too that's also kind of bad yeah that's the, thing. the I, butthurt I, I, player yeah i feel like the butthurt player just kind of slowly gets butt fixed yes <laughs> as he gets more and more integrated into the play group yep. all you butthurt players just get over it yeah I've been butthurt before. We've all been butthurt before. We've all been mad because our game is going super bad. You play one thing and it gets removed. Everybody's been there. Yeah. But just don't get butthurt about it. Don't get butthurt over Mill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my message from a few weeks ago. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Don't let it put you on tilt. Although, for all of the people in our play group that listen to this, continue to be on tilt. I don't mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, what I like said. it. I appreciate that. The next thing that we that we want to touch on, we, we talked about slow players, is the net decker. And... While it's different than the slow player, the net decker is maybe lumped into the same category because maybe the net decker says, oh, check out this sweet thing I I found on Reddit. And then they build it, right? And it's got some crazy weird combo, which is cool and fun to play because it's very uncommon. But the remainder of like the other 80 cards or 90 (laughs) cards in the deck are all filler or are all just removal and counterspell. So you could be considered the griefer. You could be considered the net decker. You could be considered the a slow player. Slow player because you don't know what your cards do or your deck doesn't do anything unless it has the combo. Yeah. You're, right? you're just there to play your net yeah. decked combo. And those are, I think those that might even be. No, I still hate slow players more than that. Slow players. Yeah. Well, the, the net decker could be considered the slow player, right? Yeah. Um, and our whole philosophy here is to avoid being the net decker. That's why we're doing this show, kind of. I suppose to, it kind of is, It's yeah. to talk people out of doing that kind of stuff. And yeah. there are people that do it, and it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. There's no originality here. You and you just you, copied that you, off you know of Reddit. What my, exactly. And you know what my favorite thing to that is, is there isn't really any completely original ideas out there. There's like 20,000 magic cards, but there is a finite number of combinations, and there is only a very small percentage of those 20,000 cards that are actually playable in the format, like actually playable. Yeah. Because you could play draft, chafe, draft, chafe, yep. dot deck in Commander. That's yep. fine. And you might even do okay with it. That would actually be a fun drinking game. Like, no sleeves, just... Go down to the game store, say, hey, what was left on the table for the last three weeks after drafts? Ooh. Give me all of them and then just have a big barbecue. That'd and just, be good. Just like, here's your, here's your shoe box of cards. Here's your shoe box of cards. Here's yours. Build a deck. You have an hour to drink and eat and build. Yeah. And for dessert, we jam. 
We're doing that. Yeah. Oh, uh, we can call it. Um, what did what did Joel call it the other day? Um, um, barbecue. Barbecue. I like that. Barbecue. Yeah, where we <laughs> where we do cube and barbecue. I like that. Or open flippy dot drinky with the cube and barbecue, which we also like. The other thing that me and Clayton were talking about, f you Clayton, um, was brewbecube. No, brewbecue. Where we yeah. brew and barbecue. Yeah, I like that too. Oh yes. Yeah. Because Clayton wanted us to help him fix his mirror deck, which we will do. Yes, we will. And we will also barbecue and drink. Those are other things that we're good at. <laughs> <laughs> the net decker, I mean, be original. And again, I can't stress enough, follow through with being original. Actually make an effort to not play something because it's unique or make an effort to not go online. That uh, We're going to talk about that in just a minute after yep. we talk about the... F- Couple final last things, final last things yep. <laughs> that I wanted to is commanders that already have a reputation of their own. Everybody has one. Just stop for just a second, close your eyes, think about a commander that just like, oh, is Zuri really? Yep. Nekusar? Yep. Come on. Cali of the Vast. Yeah. Sliver Overlord. Mm. Animar from Animar. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, like, like, they. Zer the Enchanter. Oh, yeah. I hate him. Zozu the Punisher. Yep. Like there's so many generals that just you look at them and you're like, you oh. know exactly what it is. Yeah, you know exactly what's coming and you yep. God. And those are also the commanders on edhrec.com that have over a thousand lists. Yeah. Right? And don't give me any of that. There's multiple builds for a tracks of garbage because you're either playing super friends or you're playing infect. Shut up. Yeah. Only we or play, you can Turbo play Turbo Fog. Fog. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. <laughs> We're still working on that attracts a thing. So if you have lists, send them in. And it's hard to get over those commander reputations because that's not in, that's not your fault. It's not your fault that you wanted to play Zozu and everybody hates Zozu because yeah. he's a land destruction deck yeah. in most cases. Yeah, it's not your fault that other, like a thousand other people in EDH rec already told you what to build. Yeah, and they ruined your fun. That's yeah. the thing that can happen. It's just like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to play that. Uh, we had an Azami Lady of Scrolls deck, and it was that deck that you're thinking of in your head. Yeah, 20 wizards, 20 counter spells, 20 combos. Yep. Whatever land. Yeah, and it was it was terrible. Yeah. It, it was a great deck, but it was... Uh, it was terrible to play against. Yeah, it was no fun. I think Joel actually won a tournament with it, a 1v1 tournament with it. Yep. F.U. Joel. Yep, F.U. Joel. Also, congratulations for winning. Winning is oh, a big deal. for winning. I thought he was, like, having yeah. a baby or yeah, something. Bro- <laughs> brought glory to our playgroup. That's awesome. Yeah, we stand tall and prominent among the among the gods. The last thing we want to talk about is, and I don't want to jack it because actually another podcast, Command Zone podcast, talked about subtractive versus additive helping. And I love the topic so much that, w- that I discussed it with Brando before the show. Subtractive helping would be something like, oh, somebody's got a Hikori dust drinker out. This is just an example. He's a 2-2 for white-white 2. Lands don't untap during their controller's untap step. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps a land he or she controls. Okay, so it locks down the board, right? If I've got a path to exile and I kill that so other people can play again. Right. And I say, look at I'm helping. That would be subtractive helping. Yes. Right? You're subtracting something for the betterment of all. Yeah. Or if there's the same Hokori Dust Drinker out and nobody has any removal, but I got two untapped lands and I play a, let's say, Howling Mine so everybody can draw an extra card during their turn, that is 
additive helping. That is me saying, look it, I'm giving everybody twice as many opportunities to draw into a removal spell. To get rid of this thing. Yeah. I think it goes a long way in helping to establish your reputation within your playgroup or a new playgroup if you start off with additive helping. It's right? an immediate way to get people to... Say, this yeah. guy's not a griefer. This guy helps. This guy is interactive. He wants to have fun because a lot of the times those additive helpers don't make other people feel bad. Right? Yeah, yeah. they're your guys that are going to play your... Uh, what's that green enchantment? Green two... Everybody draws an extra card. Rights of flourishing. Rights of flourishing. That's yep. the it's the best. Draw two, play two lands. It's the best political card too. I, every time I play it, what do I say? Uh, everybody loves Brando. Yep, and yep. they do. And they leave they leave you alone for a couple of turns because you're drawing them extra cards. You're playing extra lands. You're speeding these big games up. You're adding something to the game that helps everybody. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And the other thing about the subtractive helping is it can appear like you're being a griefer or whatever because everybody's got their own creatures and I've got four untapped mana and we have to get rid of that Hokori Dust Drinker, right? Yep. So I cast Wrath of God, right? I need to get killed. I need to get killed. I need to get <laughs> rid of one creature, but I cast Wrath of God and it kills everybody's stuff. Yeah, that's right? not helping. No. It's not necessarily griefing, but it is griefing if you say Wrath of God. Everybody love me. I'm getting rid of the Hikori Dust Yeah, right here. yeah. I mean, there's a time and a place for sweepers. Absolutely there is. Yep, get your sweepers, kids. Get your dang sweepers. That's right. But maybe in my example, if the time for a sweeper wasn't when that Hikori Dust Drinker needed to die, right? And then everybody else is pissed off because now they're not playing anyways because they don't have any creatures. Yeah, like it's fine to Wrath of God away a Hikori Dust Drinker. Just don't frame it like you're helping because you're not helping. Yeah. Really, you're helping in a way, but you're also doing something that probably benefits you. When you play Wrath of God, you should be doing it because it's benefiting you in some way. Yeah. So you're just making a magic play. You're not helping. <laughs> yeah. So just be careful. Ask yourself, like, am, am I helping or am I going to make myself a target? Am I going to make myself a threat? Yep. Am I contributing to, like, are people going to think in the future that I am bluffing? If I say I have this or this kind of thing, right? Yep. So that's all something that you could think about when you're thinking about subtractive or additive helping. Yes. Subtractive and additive helping. Adding helping. Adding helping? Adding Add helping minus helping. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we're so smart. We are the best at wording, and that's why we have our own radio show. Yep. Um, but the, subtractive helping, additive helping are probably the best ways to change a reputation no matter how you're doing it. Like the slow player... You can learn to forgive the slow player if at the end of their their turn they've swung huge, they've had a big combat step, or they win, or they win. They yeah. make a big play. They've done something. I think that's common. Yeah. That if somebody's really going into the tank and like thinking, it yeah. probably means the game's going to end. Yeah, right? like usually when I start taking short turns, because my play my play style is I'll play my whole turn on the guy ahead of me's turn. In yeah. my head. I know exactly what I'm going to do all the time unless they do something to hose it up. Or yeah. I draw something that's crazy. Sometimes, if our slow player, slow friend, is playing, I'll actually look at my top card. Because I know it's going to be 40 minutes <laughs> until it gets to my turn. Yeah. And then I'll actually play my whole turn in my head. I just don't to... recommend doing that if you're not part of a very well-established play group. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. That's very important. And don't do that in 1v1 games. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> oh, but that is a thing. thing that I do. But I mean, the thing that you can, the slow player, the griefer... If they're doing this stuff to forward the game or they do something that's going to impact the board state and stuff, it should all be for purpose. And it's not necessarily for reputation-changing purposes. 
But I mean, one of those good ways to get over, oh, I'm a griefer, is to not play World Purge. But you can play Wrath of God still, right? Yeah. Wrath of Godding away a Hikori Dust Drinker is way better than World Purging away a Hikori Dust Drinker, in theory. Can you imagine? I, oh. no. <laughs> Actually, yes, I can. There are two people in our playgroup, and I'm sorry if this offends you guys and you're listening, but F you, who I can totally 100% not see sorry. tapping nine mana, say, let's restart the game. See, I got rid of the Hikori Dust Drinker. And I'll bet you it's their own Hikori Dust Drinker. And I'll bet you they're going to play it again on turn four of the new game. It's their own one. Oh, I can't untap my land to play my, my thing. Better kill my Hikori Dust Drinker. Yeah. The world purge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting t-shirts made. Yeah. Oh, man, that was excellent. Ah, oh, griefers. Anyways, griefers, we've beat them to death. I hope yes. they never appear again. <laughs> they will. So... A couple times we've alluded to net decking. We've alluded to our new arc that's Ooh. starting next week. We've yep. got a few episodes lined up for you that are all going to have a very similar type of theme or feel. Yep. What are we What are we doing? What is We're, it called? The Ark of the Internet. The Ark of the Internet. Now, what does that even mean? So the Ark of the Internet is going to include the most net decked deck, deck. that you've ever seen. Yep. And we're going to tune it. For spice, we're going to yeah. spice it up. Yep, we're going to take this unspicy turd, and we're going to show that you can polish a turd and yep. make it nice. And we're talking about uh, commanders with a reputation. We oh. are going to not build the stereotypical deck. Yep. I've done a little bit of a brew that I don't even know how spicy it is because I used 100% not the internet. Neat. So much so that I didn't even put it into tapped out to know anything about the deck. Nice. So how are we going to talk about it? I'm guessing I'm going to have to enter it once it's done, right? Am I going to have to put it in tapped out and then you just you not even read it until we get here? Like, how are oh. we going to do that? Uh, that would save me some time. All right. That's how we'll do it then. Maybe I'll get Rebecca to do it. There we go. Yep. 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 Um, we are talking about a couple other weird builds that kind of just don't really exist anywhere that we've thought up out of the own our own brains yeah we're gonna talk about building commanders just because they're you were looking through edh edh rec and it's like oh this guy has zero lists i'll build him yep that's a that's an internet thing you would never do that without the internet unless yeah, you had you a would really never real, even know that that card existed yeah, why does it cost 45 dollars and have zero zero builds well we're gonna talk about that because from portal through kingdom yes that <laughs> is the answer to that question yeah. every time yeah so that's the next arc so that is our next arc uh, if you want to have any kind of interaction with the arc of the internet, you can use the internet. Oh. Where on the internet do you go? CCO Podcast on Twitter. CCO Podcast on tappedout.net. Commander Cookout at gmail.com. Commander Cookout on iTunes. Commander Cookout on Google Play Store. Podomatic. Google search that shit. Find us. Interact with us. We're super great guys and we love listener Help us submissions. Help get to number one yep. on Podomatic. Or number two. Because uh, you got to remember, yeah, if you're, if just, you're first, you're last. This will make this will immediately change your mind. So uh, the number one games and hobbies podcast on Podomatic right now. If you tell me that it's the Christian Coalition outreach. Oh my God! No, it's not. No, geez, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I will lose my. It's almost as bad. Oh no! It's two ladies that talk Ooh. about scrapbooking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what? Uh, uh, oh. All the other ones are like games, like D&D &D and video games and 
and League of Legends and stuff. Oh man! Then we're getting we're all getting crushed by a couple scrapbooking ninnies. Okay, guys, we need to crush scrapbookers. Let's yep. let's just do that. Let's just do it. I wonder what their email is. They probably if we started a new magic podcast is like scrapbooking MTG. <laughs> They've already stole the email address. <laughs> probably yeah, but oh my goodness, good for them. But what the hell? I know they must be like the longest tenure podcast and just have a whole bunch of like. Like a Must, good following, or it's amazing. We should listen to it. I'm gonna listen to that. We should listen to it and get some super secret tech for for oh, our podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to their podcast and the Snow Covered Lands podcast oh. on Masks Block, which I still haven't listened yeah, to yet. Well, Sorry, guys. They, where are you at, Snow Covered Lands? You haven't had a new episode in like two weeks. What's up? Uh, Wait, maybe I they, think that there was like some uh, tornado warnings in Ontario. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe they, were, they got blown away. There were tornadoes that actually happened here. Ripped the roof off of some lady's house while she was in. I know Saskatchewan has the most tornadoes out of anywhere in Canada. Neat. Yep. Fun fact of the day. Oh, Another fun fact of today is that this episode was great, and we're going to have an even better one for you coming up next week on Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song. Boo. Boo. <laughs>